Hi, my name's Tara Humphrey and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews and insights from the field of healthcare. The Business of Healthcare podcast is brought to you by THC Primary Care, where we provide operations and project management to primary care networks. If you are a clinical director or a practice manager and your to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to support you to roll out your network-based contracts and projects, I would love to help you. We also provide consultancy and coaching advice to healthcare business owners and clinical leads looking to take the next step in their career or their business. Come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk. Hi and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So this episode marks the third episode in our three-part selling series. We have covered how to overcome your fear of selling and why you should be selling your services and your time in episode 99. In episode 101, I talked you through some approaches on how to sell with confidence. And today I wanted to talk to you guys about how to better sell your big ideas. So this podcast might be really good for those of you who are employed and working within an organization, but it still applies to my entrepreneurs and business owners. So to kick off, we need to identify the problem, make a plan and start to plant our ideas. So first things first, identifying the problem. This problem needs to be a visible problem felt and seen by other people. It cannot just be your pet project because otherwise no one is going to care. So other people need to be frustrated by this problem. They may be wasting time. It may be a really cumbersome process. The organization may be losing money. It is affecting your patients or your customers, or your service users, or your clients or key stakeholders. It needs to involve other people somehow. And in identifying this problem, you need to analyze it and really map out why is there a problem? Where is it originating from? What really is the impact of the problem? And then what is your proposed solution? And then what is the outcome? What does success look like? What will happen? How will people feel? How much money will be saved? How will patients be affected once you have solved this problem? In the planning phase, you then need to create a bit of an implementation plan. It doesn't have to be laborious. It can just be a plan on a page which talks people through how we are going to solve this problem and what resources and what people you're going to need to support this. Now, I will leave actually a link to our fishbone diagram for you to download. This will walk you through what you need to consider when you're developing a new project. Um, I use it all the time. This will give you a really good sense, prompt some ideas on how to craft your idea and the elements you will need to include to make it happen. And it's our most popular tool. It's really funny, like we've 
created so much content that the fishbone diagram is a diagram that has got the most downloads and we receive the most kind of compliments. People find it really, really helpful because it's really practical. So you've identified the problem, you've analysed the problem, you've proposed your solution and now you're going to create an implementation plan. So you need to show people that you're serious, you've really given this some serious thought. Everybody is so, so busy. So if your idea is going to come to fruition, it's going to require an investment of other people's time to really make this happen. So you really don't want to go with a half-baked idea. People are just going to, they're just not going to be interested. So you really want to make sure you put in the time. This may take, you know, like it may take a few weeks. Don't rush it unless it is a burning, burning issue. And then you will have to work a lot quicker. My third P in this section, I I said at the beginning, was around planting your idea. I wouldn't suggest you hold this idea really close to your chest and not tell anybody because you want to start planting the seeds in people's minds that this is a worthwhile use of their focus and attention for a little while. So you need to start finding people, find your trusted allies, your critical friends to help you to sound out whether they think it's a goer, what are you, what potentially are you missing? Who else is going to need to come on board? Has this been done in the past? Are there, is there any resources? Is there any papers? Is there anything that can help you make this idea the best that it can be? You want to plant your ideas and see what comes back. It's all valuable data. So to recap, you are going to identify your problem that is visibly felt by other people. You are going to create a plan and you're going to start to plant your ideas with some trusted allies and critical friends. Now, the next stage is to find key people of influence to informally present your ideas. You're still still a little bit in the planting phase, but you've kind of upped the ante and now you need to seek out the people that are going to give you the green light. And we all say that, and for those of you that say, you know, the our organizations don't have a hierarchy, there is. And if it's a very flat hierarchy, there are certain people that make things happen. There are certain people, other people look to the leaders, whether they consider themselves a leader or not. There are people that we all look to because we know that they have got the influence to push it through and to gain that momentum and to endorse you and the idea. So we start to seek out those people and we informally present. Okay, so pick your moment wisely, pick your person wisely or pick your people wisely. And when speaking to them, hopefully you know them a little bit. And if you don't know them, try to find out a little bit about them, what motivates them, what annoys them. Try to speak to their motivations. They may be very financially motivated. They may be very performance motivated. They may be very motivated and passionate about process and governance, or they may be all about the team and making sure people are taken care of and really making sure all decisions are made with a consensus. 
So find out what motivates them, find out what their values are and speak to those and speak to those motivations and values. People are more likely to listen to something and take on board an idea if it speaks to their own motivations. And when I say pick your moment, really think about the current context in what you're operating in at the moment. So if everybody is looking right at coronavirus vaccinations, rightly so, trying to take their attention away from that to look in a different direction, it's going to be really hard. But if your idea links to that, you're going to be, they're going to be more receptive because it's solving a pain point that they're all experiencing. So it's about trying to find those hooks to hang your idea on. So people naturally, so people think, oh, do you know, people say, oh my God, we were talking about this just the other day. And what you're aiming for with these conversations is for the recipient, the person that you're speaking to, to evoke some emotion and spark a minimal viable action. You know, they may just say, oh my God, Tara, you're a genius. Off you go and do it. But in the organizations I work within, they make decisions by committee. So it is unlikely you're going to get the green light. It depends. Who knows? It depends what you've got to say. So this minimal viable action may be, they say, can you get me some more information? Can you speak to X? I'll put this on the agenda. Can you speak to finance? These are all good signs, little steps forward, but really, really good and powerful signs that they want to know more. Now, in the event they say, what the hell are you talking about? That is the crappiest idea I have ever heard. And your idea gets shot down in flames, but you still think it's got legs. You're going to have to play the long game. And I know it's really easy for me to say this, but try not to be too disheartened. Okay. It's not personal. They just don't understand it. It's just not that important. Or maybe the idea isn't good enough at the moment. It's all part of the process. When I was a business development manager and I used to work at a university, it took us three years to get approval to build a stem cell laboratory. In the process, we'd won and lost partners. People just weren't sold because of the ethics around having cadaveric labs in the premises, really thinking about the financial viability. It took ages. It took absolutely ages. I worked with Peter Milburn and even though it took ages, we had great fun. We went to Birmingham. I think we went to Birmingham, went to Manchester looking at university stem cell laboratories. We also went to India. We went to Mangalore. So it was a long, windy road to get there. Well worth it. I became an expert in stem cell risk mitigation. I had to look at the business risk, the design risks because of the air flows. You could only walk in one direction. Ethics, planning, environmental factors, procurement, operations, performance, demand, maintenance, funding. What else? We covered economic factors, legislation and policy. It was a huge mammoth project. And at every corner, there was someone saying, but what about this? What about that? 
what about this? And rightly so. So hopefully it doesn't take three years, but sometimes it does, it can take a long time and, but it will be well worth it. It'll be well worth it. Stick with it. (laughs) And in order to stick with it, you're going to need, you're going to need some friends. You're going to need some allies. You're going to need some people that really believe in the idea. You're going to need to be resilient and you know, smile and listen to the questions, incessant questions from the naysayers. You're going to have to put up with being in a meeting where no one's really listening, but they're listening enough to just say no. (laughs) All good ideas are worth fighting for. And some ideas are really, really simple. But the big ones, the important ones do take time. We work in healthcare. It's extremely complex. And our ideas and changes affect so many people. So bear that in mind when you're trying to implement a new way of working. Sometimes it's baby steps. Sometimes your project may have to be, you know, like a minimal viable action. What is the smallest thing we can do? Well, how can we test this change if people are quite resistant to it? So sometimes we have to learn to scale back our idea. We might need to scale it up, may have to cozy up and learn the art of influence and negotiation with certain people that appear to be blockers. They do not want it to go ahead. And you have to really make the time to build your relationship with that person and really understand what is it? What is the resistance? They may have a genuine valid point. They may just not want to change. You have to collect that data. Some people you can work around. Some people it's really hard to work around. So you have to work with and you need to be persistent. And all the way along this process, we want to keep it simple. We want to be able to easily communicate our idea and for somebody to easily understand it. If we confuse people, we lose people. Okay, we've all heard that phrase and saying before. So we really need to break it down, make it super, super simple. And then I've talked to you about organizations which make decisions by committee. So I work in primary care. We work in primary care networks, multiple practices, seven, eight, I think one network I've worked in, there was 11 practices, 11 separate organizations coming together to agree your idea. So when you communicate that, keep it short, make it simple, present it, speak to people's motivations, something that is very topical at the moment, reading the room. And that's very hard to do in these online meetings. But looking at people, are they paying attention? Do they want to say something? Make them part of it. Make them think it's their idea. And you're selling. You're selling this idea. You need to be flexible with your approach. So if you can sense the the mood of the meeting, you may have to just present your minimal viable action. If people are really lapping it up and saying, yes, it sounds fantastic. Where do, how, you know, where do we start? How do we start? You can maybe have to go full steam ahead. And if you do get the green light, make sure you are constantly evaluating the success of the project. There'll be, it won't run smoothly and there'll be little hiccups and hurdles. Make sure you're constantly evaluating your approach. 
and let them know in your presentation when you're selling and pitching your idea that it will be that you're going to do this, that you are going to evaluate, you are going to run mini PDSA cycles and PDSA stands for plan, do, study, act cycles and that you've got a framework to deliver this and a framework to make tweaks and changes to make sure we get the change just right. So I'm going to stop there. I think there's a lot there for you to consider. And I think this is a sort of podcast where you can listen to it and think, yeah, 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 yeah. But when you do have that idea you need to pitch, that you need to plan, when you do see a problem, come back to this and really make sure you have planned your idea, analyzed it, propose a solution, use our fishbone diagram to help you. You've worked out who the key people of influence are. You've really thought about their key motivations. You're really attuned to what is going on in and outside of your organization to make sure your idea can be hooked on to a topical moment. I've talked to you about being resilient and sometimes having to play the long game. Preparation promotes confidence. You've got this. And if this podcast comes at the perfect time for you and you apply these principles, please let me know how you get on. And I will see you in the next episode. so much for joining us. If you like what you hear, I would absolutely love it if you left us an iTunes rating and five-star review. I know many of you give us a shout out on social media, which is lovely to see you guys listening to the podcast. So please come and find us on Twitter at THC Primary Care, on Instagram at THC Primary Care and on LinkedIn, just look for Tara Humphrey. And if you're not subscribed to our newsletter, please do. It's really, really funny. You get to hear more insights, more confessions, some tips and tools and a roundup of our activity over the week. So click on join the newsletter newsletter in the show notes and I will see you in the next episode.